When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. I am your boy, HH to the Half Hope. Carl can't be here this week, unfortunately. But in his stead, we've got somebody from Half Hope's uh, Sunday Hangouts. If you don't know the famous Sunday Hangouts, I encourage everybody to subscribe to the Half Hope Football Hut. Go watch those. Uh, we got Red. What's good, Red? Yo, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for having me, HH. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Nah, it's, it's all good. We 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 appreciate your company. Um, so, if you don't already, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, all that good stuff at Talking Tactics. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. If you would leave us a five star review, that would be dope. We will read it on the show. We got two reviews this week, so Red, you're gonna have to listen to people say nice things about us. Mm-hmm. a little bit before we get into it but uh this one is from canada great episode always top episodes as always y'all really make me want to start my own podcast keep it up not gonna lie though i'm still a bit sour about that cameroon defeat but it's all good since nigeria won't lift the trophy at the end my guess it'll is it'll be algeria good guess lastly the retirement of Iron Robin maybe wonder something, and I'd like to have your opinion on it. Who has the greater left foot between Robin and Messi? All the best from Yank Anger. So do you guys have a quick opinion? Who has the better left foot, Robin or Messi? Robin. Robin, his left foot is more sign like he has a signature move with it, and it's more iconic with what he does with it. But with if you're looking at overall whether it comes to passing and, and shooting, Messi, like I feel like you can't deny that even from his free kicks, he is more complete. His foot has completed more than Robin's. Second and last review from the United States. Keep up the good work from Naguagentu. I know I butchered that. I just know in my heart I did. Uh, just discovered this podcast about seven months ago and never missed an episode. Enjoy the hard work and also the humor that you guys put in making the podcast. Please keep up the amazing work. Thanks and appreciate y'all. Listening from New York City, Brooklyn. Shout out Brooklyn. Also, also, if you do want to help out the show monetarily, uh, we do have a Patreon page that you can check out. The link is in the description of the podcast. So I encourage everybody to check out the tiers. 
And uh, just think about supporting the show in that way. We do 30 to 40 minutes for you guys every week. Check those out. Now, let's get into some topics. Have hope. Like, I'm sure you already have, like, a list of things in your head that you want to hit. So throw something out. Look, I think this is definitely a developing story, and I think it's even developed more so than um, from Sunday. So I think just to get people up to speed, so Zidane, he came out and he said that they're actively trying to get Gareth Bale out of Real Madrid. Rude, harsh, but then again, he just says, look, you don't fit in for our team. So we're just trying to move on and build a Real Madrid that doesn't have it because for his Zidane's vision of a team that he wants to now compete, which is different from that team that he had that's won three chances in a row, Gareth Bale just does not fit that vision. So what we're, I think the latest news that we're hearing today is Bionic are interested and a team in China are willing to make him the highest paid player in the Chinese Super League. So I think he could be earning like a million a week. Tottenham and United are sort of outside rumored, but I think the stronger rumor is Bionic and um, the club in the, in the Chinese Super League. I think Beijing something. Why do they have so much money? Like- a million a week. Um, China has about like, has about two trillion pe- pe- people. So <laughs> just if you break it, that's fifty two million pounds in a year. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. But as luck would have it, Red. What is your actual name, Red? Like no, no, no. You... My my name is my name is Abdullah. Red was just something I came up quick when I was joining the HH hangouts. Just uh, <laughs> that was on the spot. I don't even know how I came up with it. <laughs> All right, so anyway, we will call you Red for purposes of, of, of this podcast. You are a Madrid fan, crazy Madrid fan. So yep, yep. this is kind of an opportune time to have you on the show. So do you think it was correct for Zidane to come out in the way that he did? Well, to be honest with you, Bale didn't give Zidane a choice because he's been told behind the scenes. And he's, Zidane, if you like, if you listen to his press conferences since he took over from Madrid uh, the second time, he's made it clear to Bale that he's not a part of his... Uh, He's not a part of his plans. And for Bale, like, if you remember back, if we we went back to the 2018 Champions League final, what did he say? If I'm not going to get the game time, I'm going to leave. Zizou just called his bluff. He was like, leave. Like, we we don't, like, like, you're not part of the plans. And, like, he he sort of forced Zidane to come out and talk the way he did. I I felt Zidane should have had a bit more respect. I feel like you shouldn't have went out and just said it like that because he essentially just kicked him out of the club. But it has to be done. For Madrid, we don't need any more attacking wingers at the moment. Like, we have a lot of, a plethora of young talent. Like, we have Brahim Diaz, Vinicius, Rodrigo, like, uh, Kubo. These are all potential wingers that, like, uh, could possibly be the next big thing for Madrid. And for Bale, for the wages that he's on, if you guys remember back when Ajax beat Madrid, Overmars, Overmars, he came out and said that Bale's paid more than the entire Ajax squad. So those wages that were paying Bale, those could go towards a possible Pogba move, a transfer, or or if we're gonna go for a winger, we could possibly get Neymar because Neymar is unsettled. Like w- w- him being there at the club, he's actually hindering the club's growth and the like moving forward. So I feel like for him, for his legacy, obviously he's a legend at Madrid. No matter what the fans or whatever it was Zidane says, he is a legend. He's accomplished so much. I think it's just time for him to move on. And this was unnecessary. It's very ugly the way he's leaving right now, but it's necessary. We got a few questions on this, so I probably should get rid of these now. Um, Keegan Blaze asks, realistically, what would happen if Gareth Bale stayed in Madrid? Would the club have to pay him off and let him leave free? Um, Do you think that's a tenable idea that Gareth Bale could start the season and actually play into maybe the January transfer window or 2020 with Madrid? Before this whole debacle happened, uh, before the friendly, I was of the opinion, I was like, 
why not keep Bale? Like, we don't have uh, a finished right winger yet. Yes, all the players that I mentioned before, they're they're just, at, at this moment, they're still prospects. They're not proven. So it's like, if you keep Bale, and I, I saw his chemistry with Hazard, they, they, they look good together in training. I was like, it, it's a possibility. If he stays, why not play him? But the only problem is Zaydan is very stubborn. He will not play Bale. Like he's not like he's he's just gonna be getting free wages until January, and if he's gonna play him, you're probably playing him in like Copa del Rey, probably for like contractual obligations for like appearances or something like. But that's it. He's not gonna he's not gonna give him the respect he deserves for probably off the bench uh, replacements, and it's gonna be toxic for the dressing room. And and by the way, just a quick point on that China move. Uh, the China move is actually not gonna be for any transfer. They're just gonna be taking over his contract, and uh, they like China's trying to push for like oh we'll just take him over and like we, so Madrid will be. We won't, we won't lose any money. We won't have to buy, like, pay him off. We won't be getting any money for him either. And that's why they're trying not to send him off to China. We're trying to sell him to another European club. And I think we even sort of touched upon this like in a few episodes ago. I think for Bale, you have to say to yourself that, are you just worried about the money? Or do you actually want to get back to relevance? Because I still think that Bale has something to prove. So if Bale is of the mindset of like, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm going to force myself to remain at Real Madrid and and so forth. When you know that, because 100% Zidane will not play him. 100%. Zidane is not going to be bullied or forced into having to play Bill until he really has to, if everyone is bloody injured and, and sick. So, it's similar to the Pogba situation. You're just going to create a very toxic dressing room. If you're there, it's going to be toxic because you have a guy who's unwanted, who's not really communicating with the coach, and it's just going to create a bad atmosphere in the dressing room. So I think for Real Madrid's sake, and for Gareth Bale's sake, they have to just try and make a move happen. Find a club, find an agreement, find a right to transfer, and just get get the ball rolling and just move on. I'm not taking less money. Again, I, we, we've definitely had this conversation, but I don't want to leave. You guys want me gone, but at the same time, you guys gave me this contract. So if you can find me a place where I can go and I can make the same money and probably still play competitive football, I'll go. But you guys are the ones that gave me the contract, and now you want me gone. I don't care. No, 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 no. But see, that's the thing. So, again, it is what we touched upon before. So, if Bell is like, nope, if it's not the same wage, I'm going to remain here, then then I'm like, fine, you're going to mess up a dressing room, but my God, you are not touching this damn pitch. You're going to train with the flipping B team. You're going to train with the reserves. So, now it now falls into Bill. So, Bill, right now, you're like, okay, you're still earning all this money. Great. You're not even you. You're literally not playing football at all, and your your brand and the way that you're being viewed will will plummet because now you're just seen as a guy who plays for Real Madrid's B team. How what does that say about you? And I think if you're a real man, that that has to feel insulting because okay, you're earning all this money, but it's like there comes a time when like okay, you're still a professional football player. You're still a guy who scored in two Champions League finals. You're still a guy who did what he did for Wales, leading into a semi final in the in the Euros. If you've it's, done all that, if, if you've done what you've done, scoring in the Champions League, scoring in, you know, Spanish Cup games, I think mm. he has over 100 goals and maybe not even 300 Real Madrid appearances. If you've had a successful career at Real Madrid, couldn't Bale be thinking, why do you want me gone? Bale is in the right if you're looking at it from a business ethical point of view. Because from his side of the bar, like he's held up his side of the bargain. He shows up for training. He does everything. But the whole thing is, is if you care about the club, if you care about like your legacy at the club for the fans, it's best you move on. Because clearly the fans don't want you. The manager's saying he doesn't want you. For Bale, yes, look, he showed up in big games, no doubt, in the Champions League final. But if you look at it overall in the league campaign, like versus Atleti, I, I don't think he scored in ever a single goal. Madrid. I think he only has like three or 
two goals versus Barca. He's not like he wasn't ever prolific in La Liga big games. And even the Champions League, aside from the finals, if you look at overall his performances during the campaign, he was never as prolific as, say, let's say, for example, Ronaldo or like Ramos or Modric were like as consistent. He just, as he just, he just had a big moment. That, that's exactly. It. Exactly. Like the best, I don't know who described it. I forgot where I heard this, but uh, it's not, I don't want to credit this myself, but he's not a great goal scorer, but he's a scorer of great goals. Like he just has those big mm. moments like that, 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 that just add to his legacy. But the whole thing behind him is that we have to remember, like, again, his wages are way too high. He's injured for half a season and his wages are too high. And we don't really need him. He's not vital to the team that we have to afford. Like, cause Madrid, we need way more. We need Pogba way more than we need Bale right now. So if mm. Bale's hindering us getting Pogba, then he has to go. And he has to understand that. Like you got your six years, you got your dream move. You won the trophies. It's just time to move on. Is Zidane a jerk for the way he's treating Bale? So everything you've said might be right. That Bale needing to leave needs to happen for the club and no player is bigger than the club. But it has Zidane gone about it the right way? Looking at it even more, investigating even more, and just looking at, at what Bale said previously, which I didn't know, you're playing the game. Now he's now he's not put the ball in Bale's court. Because I told you, when this happened, Bale was the no, n- number one trend. That was how I said, wait, wait, why the hell is Bill the number one trend? So by Zidane saying that, you've pretty much made Bill's position untenable. So if Bill still stays, you're going to look away. Because you've Emmanuel has come out and said, we do not want you. We are actively trying to sell you. So if Emmanuel says, we are actively trying to sell you, we don't want you, and you still say, you're a ch- I'm sorry, you're a, you're, you're a, you're a chump. Yeah, no, and and uh, nice guys finish last. You have to be ruthless. This is a business at the end of the day. This is you. If you want to be successful, you have to be cutthroat. Like if we're gonna sit here and just like pamper all our legends, we're gonna end up like United. Look at United, how they keep on signing on their players and renewing their players, even though they're not players that they need, but just out of loyalty. I don't know why they just keep signing them on. You have to be cutthroat. If you look at like all the greatest like businessmen or all the successful people like Alex Ferguson, all of these people were always cutthroat with their deals, with their negotiating. Like Alex Ferguson called uh, Mino Raiola a. During negotiations over Pogba's extension, this is how you you have to be sort of cutthroat in that demeanor. So, like like H you said, they're, they're, it's a game. Like, and Zidane put the ball in Bale's score. He's like, now it's your move. Plus, there was tensions from before. Like, I think with this is just a personal theory from my connecting the dots of the history because Zidane loved Bale initially. He was one that that pushed Madrid to sign Bale in 2013. But ever since Bill went behind Ancelotti's back uh, and and got him sacked, I felt like Zizou was always since then kind of uh, he never liked Bill. As soon as Bill got injured, Zidane never kept him in his starting eleven. After that, he immediately replaced him with any player he had. He just needed an excuse. Like even when like in seventeen eighteen, in the tail end of that season, Bill went on I believe an eight game scoring streak where he was scoring like crazy goals. And Zizou, when it came to the Champions League final, it didn't start him. Left him on the bench, brought him on as a sub, and then you saw what happened. Of course, after he brought him on, uh, but yeah. So I just feel like it's no, nah, it's it's just not gonna like Zidane was forced to. He you can't really blame him for that. This is a necessary move to make. Like let's say, Sari is managing Madrid, right? In my mind, I'm like Gareth Bale might be able to turn a few players against Sari, and maybe like start the wheels of getting Sari kicked out of Madrid, and like kind of do that player power thing. You can't do that against Zidane in Real Madrid. No. Like, it's not possible. There are one, maybe two other managers that could do that because I believe Pep Guardiola did that to Yaya Torre at Man City in his first season. Did he not? Did he not uh, turn the, like, he essentially exiled him from the squad and then his agent came out and, like, they said, and then Pep told him, unless he apologizes publicly, he's not going to be starting the squad again. 
So like, mm. but like that—that's what you have to do as a manager. You have to make those tough decisions. And this is what Zidane wanted when he came back. He wanted full control over the squad. He doesn't want to yeah. be just a face, like where he's just a, a puppet for Perez, like where he's just got to do everything. He says, no. He said, I want full control. And part of that, he says, I don't want Bale. He's not part of my plans. Have Real Madrid made enough first team improvements, especially in midfield, to challenge for the league and Champions League from Johannes seventy-five twelve? Uh, no, no, not even close. Uh, we're like, the only issue is, is that I, we still have that same problem that we've been doing for the past four years is that we're bu- buying youngsters. We're not really buying any finished product or finished article players aside from uh, Hazard. Like aside from Hazard, who else did Madrid buy that's a finished article? If you look at Barca's business over the past couple of years, yes, they've been throwing away a ridiculous amount of money, but like they've been buying finished article players. The only one that's sort of a semi-prospect was Arthur, but even then he was pretty much proven that, uh, I believe, at Gremio, where he won the Copa Libertadores. These players that we bought, they're all gambles. Mendy, he, yes, he was he was decent at Lyon, but um, hit or miss. Like, we, we, we don't know. He could be hit or miss. Like, Kubo, still 18 years old. They're all signed to Castilla still, which has its own reasons. Uh, Rodrigo, he was great in the friendly, but you know who else was great in friendlies before for Madrid? Danilo. And he eventually caused us a treble in 2017. He scored a <laughs> he scored a golazo against Bayern, a, an absolute rocket with his left foot, and Madrid fans loved him. And then he turned out to be one of our biggest flops. So we don't know yet. Like I, I would unless we get Pogba because we need a big signing in that midfield. Like our midfield is like aside from if, if Modric, Cruz, or Casemiro are out, our midfield is very thin. Like uh, if you now I'm talking about like box to box or like like some more versatile, not just because we have attacking mids and we have plethora of attacking mids. We can play Isco or Asensio, uh, but for a box to box player, we definitely need a Pogba or Isk, uh, Ericsson and Van de Beek. If we if we don't get Pogba, we can get for go, we can go in for Ericsson and Van de Beek. Either one of those choices would be the right choice. Uh, we we need those, so we're not done yet. And Zidane said we're not done for, in the market yet. So, can we keep it real? Like the real reason Real Madrid fans were gassed by Danilo. It's because y'all watch the YouTube comps. Yep, yep. <laughs> you, man, YouTube you, comps. You guys it. watched all those Porto YouTube yep. comps. And y'all were like, oh, we got the next, I don't oh. know, Cafu or somebody. And it just, it, it wasn't that. Not Trust you. me, because I remember watching the Maratta comps. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> when, and then, when, and then you bitch. I said, oh, my God. This is, this is the no, 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 no. no, no, no. I, I remember watching the Maratta cops and thinking, you know what? This signing might not be as bad as I think it's going to be, but it was. It was even worse. Oh, and then wh- who else did I watch? I watched the Bakayoko compilations in Monaco. I was like, yeah. oh, no. We just signed the next Yaya Toure. Nope. Oh. <laughs> nope. No, no, no. <laughs> No, that's well, the thing. You, like, YouTube comps are evil, bro. Like, watched. never believe YouTube comes. No, 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 because those highlights, that's what they're called. Highlights. They, they're not called lowlights or medium yeah. lights. They're called highlights. Especially so, if there's like a good beat in the background. Like, yeah. you, it, it yeah. can make you believe anything. Yeah. <laughs> they're showing all of the best bits. So you can't just guarantee that you'll, you'll, you'll get this YouTube show reel. But that, that doesn't make any sense. I remember I saw once yeah. uh, Jack Wilshire highlight. That real and he looked like prime, like messy in that highlight. We like, and he, in fact, Wilshire was good before his injuries, all stuff, but like, I, but he, they, he just looked incredible. But, but the thing is about highlights, it, you this is how I judge highlights how long are your highlights? Because if let's say, for example, you're a player that's playing like 38 game season and your highlight reel is like three minutes long, then now you're trash. But if you give me like a 20 minute highlight reel of a season, then no, this guy's quality because you have to judge it like how, how many times, how often did he do these skills and techniques. But, but, but what I'd actually want to do is like, 
I don't even want to type it because he, he pisses me off too much. I'm very curious to know whether Neong has any highlights. <laughs> Neong from Senegal. Because in my opinion, no, sorry, no, sorry, scratch that. In my objective view, he is the worst professional football player on the planet. Stop. So, no. Tell me who, who, who's worse. Uh, oh, no, 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 please. Tell me who's worse. Alonso. No, he's not. Neong no, 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 is worse. Alonso is bad. Neong is worse. He's the worst no. professional football player on the planet. Higuain. Neong is worse. Neong is he's useless. He is really awkward. He's he's basically he's disgracefully bad. He's AJ. disgracefully awkward. And he wears a number nine jersey. What the hell? He has a highlight reel and it's three minutes long. So you know he's trash because it's only three minutes long. Go. That's it. I, I told you, like, trust me, my metric of working, if you look at a highlight reel, how long is the highlight reel? Tells you a lot about a player, but no, three minutes long, so you know he's trash. Three yes, minutes out of how long go. has he been playing for? Like, how long? <laughs> so, so basically, you know, that's, that's actually a great point. So, he's easily been playing for at least six, seven years. So, in six, seven years, you have a three minutes highlight reel. That's it. Jesus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, that's, All that's right. awful. Um, okay, okay, okay. Thoughts on Hazard being overweight in preseason? And then there's a picture of Hazard. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but uh, he looks a bit chubby. So yeah. Carl responded to this one from Wavy McGrady. He said, let the man enjoy his food. And this person responded, haha, I was just wondering if HH will keep the same energy as he does with Higuain. So if Higuain's not allowed to be chubby, is Hazard allowed to be chubby? Hazard has earned the right to put in a few pounds, but come on, guys, let's be real. We're still in, in preseason. Do you really believe that for Real Madrid? And also, why doesn't he have a jersey? Red, can you please... Oh, obviously, after I'm done, Red, please explain why Hazard doesn't have a jersey number yet. But um, when the season actually starts, trust me, he'll he'll get in shape. So this, this is just preseason. <laughs> now. now, for me, personally, uh, yeah, I pretty much agree with most of what AT said. People really don't like a lot of people on on Twitter and like other people that follow don't really understand how the human body like actually work. Like, like you, like I I I work out regularly and like for example, after a workout, you always look pumped. You always get those those uh, the definition. You get that clear. But as soon as you eat one meal, you're gonna get a belly. No matter what, no matter how fit you are, you're gonna get a belly. And Hazard just has that natural body type where he doesn't he packs weight quicker than others. He's still pacing. Mm. Like if you saw his fitness in the match, he wasn't slow. He wasn't sluggish. He didn't seem that weight wasn't a hindrance to him. It's just how his natural body just carries. He him looks. Off. He looks good in our band game. He looks. Yep, he looks yep. actually good in our band game. Exactly. And, and people, I saw. I know the picture that you're talking about. DT. He's he had his back arch to be fair. Because he he's he had his back arch and it sort of gave him that illusion that he has a belly. It's just that if you look at it, he has his back arch which gives that sort of curve. But he's actually like he's 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 actually not that bad. He's like if you if you compare him to other footballers, like Higuain, he's sluggish. Higuain is actually when you look at him, he has that sort of cone, like the ice cream cone body. Where you see the left handle, <laughs> it, it's true. Like whereas, if you look at Hazard's body, it's uniform. It's it's that's just how his body's built. It's different. It's different. Different uh, kind of fat. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. When you say ice cream, do you mean when you turn the ice cream upside down? 
you know that uh, not the ice cream. It's like that creamy ice cream that like uh, from the machine that they usually pump it. And then like chubby as you go down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's sort of when your how your pants like hold, like hold it tight, and then you have the fat go over it like an ice cream cone. How that like the ice cream sort of goes over the cone a little bit on the side. Oh, we get it. We get it. Oh, we get it. Oh, that's oh yeah. Oh, oh, that's oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that, that's that's what uh, Higuain's shaped like, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like that's what I see. That's it. That's why I don't like cold ice creams because it's like whenever they just shove you, when they give those two or three scoops, mm-hmm. I always get the stuff on my clothes because they keep on dripping down the cone and everything. And I <laughs> <get> <laughs> <my clothes. laughs> Uh, oh man! No, uh, just a quick on the journey. At first, I was laughing that you said Hazard had his back arched. I was like, Jesus! <laughs> no, no, he did. He did. He did. If you look at his picture, like he had his like his shoulders back and his like he's like pushing forward, so it, his back was a little bit arched and his stomach was out. <laughs> but he was like, uh, pause, pause on that real quick. I didn't even know it's that. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, it's uh, it's it's only funny because like if you've been on Twitter and you see the oh yeah of, of like, course like like uh, whenever Hazard's in his training and people are kind of looking in the distance, but it's almost <laughs> like they're looking at his booty. It's yeah, just like yeah. so he said back arched. It made me connect that. But yeah, those. but th- okay, this this is something else that I've I've thought about. At first, I thought like if you went back and you looked at Hazard in maybe. 2012 13 14 15 at chelsea up until like nike came i I had a theory that maybe like nike their kits were making him look a bit more chubby since he's been in uh real madrid two things have came to mind number one just when he came from leo he was just in better shape and over time with the more i don't want to use the word clout but just the more secure he became of himself i think he just kind of let himself go just that little bit and he's gotten older, maybe his metabolism is slowing, all that kind of stuff. However, Real Madrid wear an all-white kit. And if anybody knows anything about like weight or clothes or anything like that, they say like if you're big, black is like one of your best. Black isn't a yeah. color. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But obviously black isn't a color, but like wearing black makes you look slimmer. Mm-hmm. So then it made me connect dots of like if you play for Real Madrid and you wear in the all-white kit, and then you think of names like Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo. Uh, Higuain, now Hazard. I'm sure there's another player in there somewhere that uh, Benzema. People always say he's fat. Oh no, he's he's ripped now. If you look at Benz now, oh. yeah, but <laughs> pause. <laughs> <laughs> pause, pause, pause. Yeah, Benzema. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just like maybe just having an all white kit on it just makes things more revealing. Whereas if you wore an all black kit, people wouldn't notice as much because you can't see everything that's going on. So maybe that's what's happening with Hazard. It's just like he was wearing the dark blue that was kind of covering some stuff up. Because do you guys remember after the Europa League final, David Luiz lifted lifted up um, Hazard's shirt and he was like messing with his belly. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Hazard was like, "Hey, hey, hey, that's private." <laughs> and then and then I was like, like David Luiz is trying to save Chelsea by exposing Hazard's shape, and hopefully Real Madrid don't come in and sign him. So yeah. I was like, you know, he was trying little, you know, say a thing. <laughs> he did. It, he did his part. He did his. Part. Yeah, he tried. He tried. He he tried to expose Hazard, but it didn't work because he's too good. But like, it's one of those things. Like, you you can tell if you look at Hazard from 2012 up until 2019, you can tell he's different in terms of his body shape. But the way he plays, still good. Like Hazard will go out, get you two goals and assist in the Europa League final. He's still gonna be nice either way. 
So well, mm. uh, I have a question, but do you think his physique declined? Maybe it's just because his age. Because like back in 2012, he was I what, think so. 20, yeah, yeah, 21. Yeah. So like the thing is, your metabolism slows as you as you grow up, and it's you're just gonna like no matter what you do. Your body just has a natural physique. Like even you know, if, if like like even when it goes, it goes with even if you work out at the gym, your body has like a cap where you won't grow any more muscle. Same thing with like, so your body just has sometimes a natural shape that you can't really shake it off. As much as he works out, as much as that, he might get a little bit of a like that you know that that, that shredded look, but as soon mm. as he just eats and goes about his regular life, that's just gonna fade away. Mm. Like oh, it, no, no, no. I, I mean, you look, you look at guys like when Henri came back, Chobia. Torres, aka Blondie, he got chubby and, and everything. So most guys, they they just you just you lose that metabolism that that you once had, even if you're still within the realm of professional for football. But yeah. you see, someone like an Ibrahimovic is just different because we see people like Ibrahimovic and Cristiano, they take fitness very seriously. Mm. So they really go out to really maintain their body shape. So that's where they're really going the extra because not only are they doing stuff in the gym, they, they they're also eating right. So those guys really, because I think they're thinking of beyond just for football, that they would just want to maintain this shape even after the leave football. So they are sort of an anomaly. But for most guys, you're just going to just naturally put on that weight. So, and AJ, with uh, to add to that point, uh, both Ibra and Ronaldo are relatively tall. So when you're taller, you have a more better likely chance of uh, being uh, slim. Because mm. the weight usually it goes like it goes a bit vertical. When it, shorter guys, they sort of have it a bit worse because it goes a bit wider. So for like Hazard, you can't compare him to like a Ronaldo or Ibra because Ibra's like what six fours and Ronaldo's like six one, six two. Uh, so like with those players, of course they're gonna always be uh, they're gonna be slimmer just because they're just they they have it in height. Mm. Guys, guys, <laughs> oh, this this is from Hazard's uh, Instagram. It says. Favorite food and his response oh, was cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> wait, when did wait, wait, when wait when did he post that? That was like uh, recently, ago. recently, recently. Yeah. Oh wow! His favorite food, <laughs> uh, cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My gosh, that's like the most obvious, most stereotypical looking <laughs> like fattening. Let's see, you let's see, you can't think of a more stereotypical <laughs> thing to have for putting on thingy. Like that's like the most stereotypical answer. Yep. A cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. The way he's he, he leans yeah. back. He leans back and he starts like you, you could see his mouth water after he says that. Like he was he, he, <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, have hope, have hope. Next subject. Yeah. What are we talking about next, man? Um, we're gonna. We, I think it's a nice transition to Pogba, because okay. um. So latest <laughs> news: Juan Mata has comments and he says that he wants Pogba to stay. Um, he brings everyone together, and he's a very strong character in the dressing room. Brings a very good atmosphere within the Man United dressing room, which is pretty much at odds to what you've been hearing that oh, Pogba is a bad egg and he's a bad influence on the dressing room. So, two teams that Pogba has always been linked with Juventus and Real Madrid. And it's a nice transition because I think Red can speak on this more. I was reading somewhere that Real Madrid do have a 180 million pound plan to get Pogba. 
I don't know what that plan is specifically, but I read that they have a one eight million pound plan to try and get Pogba to Real Madrid. Just on this real quick, with with that HH, I, I'm not too sure because I feel like what we're doing with that is we're trying to till the last day. Like we're we're gonna negotiate till like we're gonna get Pogba, or, or like we're gonna do everything on our part to get Pogba, unless he flat out says no, I don't want to come. Uh, so I feel like, but we're just trying to milk everything out of this situation. Like we're trying to like include maybe players in the deal or something just to make this uh, make his price cheaper. Because what I think is Madrid's big de- like the, the 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 piece that's going to complete Madrid's team and what we're looking towards is Kylian Mbappe, and that's going to be in the next year or two. So I think that's what we're accounting for, and we were we're trying to build up the other t- the rest of the team for cheaper. So. 180 million for Pogba, to be honest with you, I don't want him for that price. Like, as great as he is, we could get Van de Beek and Eriksen both for cheaper than that, which I feel like they would be just as good for the squad as Pogba would be. Pogba is much better than Eriksen. Like, it, like mm. in, in, in every whether you're going forward or in the, if you want to defend, uh, he's better than Eriksen in all aspects, especially for, from the charisma point of view. Because if you guys remember, like, in the, in the 2018 World Cup, all the clips from the dressing room for France, who was the leader in that group? In that yeah. group? It was all Pogba. Mm. He was he was he was literally the leader in that group. Like that's why when people say that he's toxic for the dressing room, I'm like, how? Have you guys seen Paul Pogba and what he's done? Like he's he's clearly like the most popular guy in any team he's in. So mm-hmm. um, I, I do I do I do feel like Madrid. We need that kind of character because Ramos is going to be moving on. We lost Ronaldo. We need that charisma in our team. We need sort of that leadership quality, which I feel like he has that. So, but still, 180 million is just too much for a player because the problem is with that price tag. It's just going to be ammo against him to critique him. It's just going to be used uh, like because they're going to be like, oh, you bought it for 180 mil. What is he doing? Oh, only 10 goals a season for 180 mil. What a banter signing. Like you want to remove that negative aura and energy from your team. Like the best Mm -hmm. part about that three-peat Madrid team is aside from Ronaldo and Bale, our squad was a budget squad. We got Cruz for 30 mil. For 28 mil or something like Modric, I, I don't even remember his feet, but he wasn't he wasn't like a, a big money. No, 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 wasn't but most of Marcelo was a youngster we got back in 2007. Pepe also a youngster back uh, back in the 2007 2006. Like all these players, they were all Madrid like the uh, Madrid sort of got them on the low. And I usually like our strategy like that where we we get those superstars sprinkled them in, but the core of our squad is not overpriced. Do you see a scenario where Pogba stays at Man United? Secondly, if he does stay at Man United this season, do you think that he can somehow, with Soaks having a full season, lead them to, like, let's say, a trophy? Yes and no. Yes yes to the first part. Of course, like, everybody should be able to see a scenario where in which Pogba stays because what if nobody wants to pay what United are asking for, which is going to be a lot? Personally, I, like I could see him staying for another year, like I yeah. like because the thing is he, he has time on his contract sale. Similar to the Neymar situation, Manchester United are in a position of power for Pogba. Like yes, he wants to leave, but at the end of the day, similar to the Bale situation, if you're talking about business ethics, they're they're fully in the clear because you signed a contract, you extended it, you have to fill your your commitment to us. Um, right. so if United, it's up to them, but I feel like Pogba, a part of me believes that he actually loves United. It is the club that raised him. And I think he respects them too much. That's why he showed up to training. He didn't really disobey them. He didn't disrespect the club. Um, he wants to move, but uh, I don't think if United can't, if they don't find a replacement, I don't think they're going to let him go. Uh, unless Madrid give them like that 180 million where they could immediately, you know, here 80 mil on this midfielder, we'll get him in real quick. 80 mil on this midfield, we'll get him in real quick to replace Pogba. Um, so I do see a scenario where he comes in. And if he stays, the thing is, in England, they have chances to win a lot of trophies. Like, you you always can go for the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup. Like, the Europa League is a realistic thing that they could win again. Like, they could win that again, get into the Champions League. And for top four, 
Like top three, I think is is, is secured for Spurs, Liverpool, and City. But I think the fourth spot is up for grabs. I think between Chelsea, Arsenal, and United, Chelsea, because of the transfer ban, if it wasn't for the transfer ban, I think they would have been easily in the top four. But because of the transfer ban, I, I think United could slip ahead of them, especially with the signing of uh, uh, Juan Bissaka, because I've I've been seeing him in the preseason and he's been immense for it. Like he, you see his like his defensive work rate is unreal. Like so, I think mm-hmm. they got so they they're on something there. And with Maguire, like it, regardless it, price aside. It, he's going to be an improvement on that defense. So if if they get him with k- keeping Pogba, and like uh they're, they're, like they just add up maybe a signing or two, like I, Mason Greenwood's been really good for them. So he could he could have his like like you know uh, his season this year where he breaks out. But uh yeah, they could they could actually they I wouldn't be surprised if they win the FA Cup or a Carabao Cup or even the Europa League. Pogba has two years left on his contract this season and next season. So yeah, like next season could be realistic if he if he switches uh, to, like we get him next year, we could probably get him. United would be, like if that's the case, United should sell him. I thought he had three years. If that's the case, United should sell him this yeah, year. United have to sell, sell. But like, it's it may- it's it's almost like again to relate it to Hazard, maybe to relate it to Suarez when he was at last when he was at Liverpool. Maybe this is Pogba laying the foundation of I'll I'll give you one more season basically. Like Hazard did that last year. He was like, I'll give you one more season after the World Cup, and then I want my move, so let me go. Suarez kind of did the same thing with Liverpool. I want my move. The next year, they let him go to Barcelona. So maybe this is Pogba's kind of move of like, I'm not happy. I want to go. So you have a whole year to kind of figure out what you're going to do, where I'm going. I'm telling you where I want to go, and then you can sell me with that one year left on my contract for a good amount of money and build the squad again with that. So. Maybe this is kind of his courtesy season to United, the same way Hazard did, the same way Suarez did. So maybe that's what's I mean, going no, on. I mean, I mean, but then, but then, why did he come out and say, "I feel that I want to sort of move on"? And Raiola has said, "Yeah, Paul, 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 I think he wants to go this 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 summer. He wants to." Go I'm back. sure think, he does. I'm sure he does. But just because you want something to happen doesn't mean it will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's too much money. It's it's, it's too much money. So, well, like United yeah. are in a win-win situation either way because like they bought him for what a ninety million uh, two years ago, three mm-hmm. years ago in twenty seventeen. Yeah. So like if they sell him right now for a hundred million, they just had a, a great player that probably brought up in their club a lot of profit and a lot of fans that became United fans because of Pogba, and uh, they'd sell him for like a hundred, a hundred and twenty. Like they made profit on him, had him for three years. They won a couple of trophies with him. They don't lose if they sell Pogba. They, yes, they lose a world class player, but they recoup the money that they they put on him. Which United in the past couple of years they haven't making any money off their player sales. I feel like United need to go back to basics. Like they need to. What was United's away. last really good big money signing? They didn't have any. They they haven't had. Well, any how much did they get Cristiano for? Uh, seventeen, thirteen million. But no, Van, Van Persie. Van Persie was their last big money, great big money signing. Well, how much was that? Though? Was was that twenty? 15? That was twenty million. That was yeah, twenty million. I guess high profile. That's more high profile, not big money. Because their best big money signing I remember was Di Maria when they bought him from Madrid. Right, flop. That was a flop. flop. Another flop. Yep. Yeah. Like they had Sanchez, which he was a free signing, but the wages flop. You look at uh, who else? They had Bayi, which they bought him. He Veron, was a flop. Oh yeah, yeah. He 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 was a big flop for them. Like no, United just. I, I think like United have never had luck with any of their big big money signing players. Like they. Like even with like, if you look at Bayou, Rio, everyone... would it be Rio from Leeds? Yeah, probably. Wait, so, so how much was that? Was that 27, 26? How much was that? I don't know. It was no. like 
somewhere near because 30, probably. Because depends, he was the most expensive defender in the world, I believe, when he was bought. All right, so you guys want to talk about AFCON. Senegal, Algeria. Algeria won. They won 1-0. Not one. a great final, but it's about how you win, man. Like, we see, you know, quick question. How many finals were really entertaining? Like this year, all the finals were trash. Honestly, like if it, let's we had three finals this past two months. We had the Champions League final, uh, we trash. had uh, which was trash. Early goal, game was ended. Same thing in the Afcon. Early goal, game over. Uh, mm. And then uh, what's it called? We had the Euro. Uh, Euro uh, well, Copa America, that was also, it was trash because we already knew that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Open conclusion, one-sided. Yeah, and, and, and uh, what's it called? Women's uh, World Cup wasn't that great. Well, nope. the, uh, the States were guaranteed to win it from the beginning. Like, they're the mm. only team that actually has phys- physicality. And, like, they, they're actually a team. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And aside from that, what else? Uh, the Euro, uh, Euro League, the Euro League with Portugal and the Netherlands, which was very underwhelming. Like if you mm-hmm. compared, like because we were expecting like that Ronaldo Portugal versus uh, Van D- uh, Van Dyke and De Ligt and De Young and you saw the game ended up by a brick Guedes just getting a a, a miracle <laughs> goal just somehow like a, of all people and they won it which was like I said it was very anticlimactic compared to like the matches that was being built up um, but yeah like this this year has been awful aside from Chelsea Arsenal have been, has has been the best final we had all year. Or, or Chelsea Man City for the Carabao Cup. Valencia Barca too. That was also another good final this year. But I think you see, I have a have a reason for why finals are, are, are this way because they're not meant to be played. They're meant to yeah, be no, no, because if because if you think about it, the first thing you're thinking of is don't make any mistakes, don't concede, because when you're in a semi or a quarterfinal, an attacking team will still go out and attack and will still go out and play because you're like, okay, yeah. Even if we still need to win this game, because if we lose, we're screwed. It isn't the be-all and end-all. But once you now say, oh, this is it. This is the, the game. And everything is hyped up. Everything is big. You look at everything. As soon as the referee blows his wheels, you're like, let's just chill. So so for Algeria's point of view, once they, 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 they took on an early lead, bro, let's just make sure that we don't concede. So all of their midfielders went way, way back and decided to go deep. So their minds were like, my God, let's just not consider. We are almost here. If if we could just hold this, everyone, every man, woman, and child, come on and come and defend. Let's just hold hold this, and that was it. So that's just how, how you get it. Same thing with Liverpool and Tottenham. Liverpool, they took that early lead, and they're like, "Wait a minute, we don't have to come out and attack these guys." And they've got this clown who is obviously injured playing in in attack called Harry Carey Kane. So it's like let's just consolidate, and that's it. So a final just makes. Teams think first about not conceding rather than going out to go and score and take the initiative. Which, as they should, like to be honest, with you, like like for Liverpool, I don't really blame them the way they played. Like they were desperate for a trophy this year because after that amazing season, they needed to win. So when they got that early goal, just shut it down. Don't even give Spurs mm. like even a breathing space. No matter what happens, yeah. just tackle them. And you said like everybody, like, even like Salah and Mane were like tracking back all the way to the, their half just to prevent anything. Same thing with Algeria. Like if, if you haven't won it since 1990 and you're in the final right now and overall in the tournament, you've been like the best team. Like mm. who cares about playing beautiful football at this point? Just get it done. Means just get no. over the line. It means, means nothing. nothing. It means nothing because at the end of the day, ten years from now, nobody asks about how good the final was. No, say, no, 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 no. And like for me, like personally, this is kind of because I remember for me the first final I remember watching, and this was like the the World Cup that got me really into football the, uh, the way that I am today was two thousand six, 
And that was an mm. incredible final between France and Italy because oh. it had literally everything. It had drama. It had uh, a Paneka goal by Zidane. It had a world-class save by Buffon, that header. If you guys remember that header that Zidane had. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, no, no, no. And also, you see, the thing about that header, you know when Zidane did that header, I was like, bro, it is written in the stars. Zidane is going to score the winning goal and he's going to solidify himself as the greatest football player of all time. If Zidane, I know Italians will say that I'm wrong in this. If Zidane remained on the pitch, he would have scored the winning goal. Is this the point where we plug a uh, coup de tete story of Zinedine Zidane in the yeah, 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 no, no, the no, special? <laughs> that you can listen to whatever you want. Your preferred podcasting app. Look it up. Talking Tactics special, guys. On Zinedine Zidane. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I just believe that if Zidane had scored the winning goal... Let people listen to the special, bro. Like, I'm pretty sure that line's in there, but, you know, it might not be, but, you know. All right, so this part, Pac Mouse asks, with all the talk about money and Salah for Ballon d'Or, shouldn't Mahrez be in with a shout, helping City win domestic trouble and carrying his nation to AFCON glory on Egyptian soil, something the latter two couldn't do? Nah, sorry. Basically, all three names mentioned um, can't be... On the on the short list, sorry, they they haven't done enough. And Maris wasn't a key figure in that domestic trouble. The key figures were um, Sterling and Bernardo Silva. Those are the key figures for that to try trouble. So Bernardo uh, has a better case than yeah. Maris. Yeah, yeah, no, Maris. Yeah. Like, say, I agree with everything H said. Like, because like people forget during the mid half, like halfway through the season. Pep wasn't even playing him. People were actually making memes and jokes about how Pep literally bought Maris so nobody else can have him because he just wasn't playing him. Like he was pretty much good. He was irrelevant for the most part of the season. He did have his moments, but he did miss that big penalty at Anfield, which is pretty much, I think they drew, they ended up drawing. If he mm. had scored that, the league would have been done. Like that's it. So uh, no, he didn't. And, and definitely like, even if Monty would have won AFCON this year, I don't think he would have been got on the Ballon d'Or podium because I didn't feel like his performance during the tournament was good enough like it wasn't Ballon d'Or worthy same thing with Salah Salah was like very underwhelming in the AFCON as well even if he would have won it like playing the way he did I don't think he would have even been on the podium like as it stands I think the the top three from the end of this season is still the same as what it is right now the, the none of these international trophies uh, changed anything maybe Ronaldo Silva can get a shout who's better the Oos or Mbappe the Oos for those that don't know have hope is Usman Dembele so who's better Usman Dembele or so, so basically, this is how I say it: the better overall for footballer, overall, this just natural talent and ability is Usman Dembele. The more effective footballer is Mbappe. So, if I'm having a team, I'm more inclined to have Mbappe in my team over Usman Dembele. But I think, as far as just natural talent and footballing ability, Usman Dembele is better than Mbappe. I, I agree. I, I feel like, I, but the thing is where I see a difference is like, I could see like Mbappe like capping off. I don't see Usman Dembele's ceiling. I feel like this guy is very, very special. Like he, he could do things with the ball that very, like it's very little players could do. And like the only issues that Barca is that his injuries, if you remember before mm. his injuries, he was, he, he won them the Copa, uh, the Super Cup against Sevilla he he won them that and he was scoring a lot of clutch goals for them winning them points like where it was like tight matches so the only issues with him is like at Barca it's it's very hard to shine when you're amongst so many quality players uh whereas I feel like Mbappe because he's in Ligue 1 it's easier for him to shine and like uh, get more credit credit than he does especially because Neymar's out for half the season so every time he scores it's only Mbappe but nobody's gonna give credit to Di Maria or Drax or any of those players or Cavani 
you're going to give it to Mbappe. Whereas Usman Dembele, he has to share the limelight with Suarez, uh, with Messi. But like these players, it's much closer than people think. And I, I personally rate uh, Usman Dembele above him just because I feel like he, he has more to his game. If they could actually make it happen, would Nico Pepe now or Sancho next year be better for United? Sancho. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not sold on Pepe. I mean, like, look, I didn't see Pepe in Uber Eats League on, but seeing him as in the Afcon didn't really impress me. But Sancho, I'm a huge fan of of, of Sancho. I think the guy's talented. So if it's between Sancho and Pepe, I say, I say, Mr. Sancho. Also, there I have to agree. Like Nicolas, like I saw him with uh, a couple of highlights with Lille, and he's. He's very good, like especially like I saw my set PPC, he was very impressive too. But like the thing was with Sancho, he's just a more flair player and he's mm. English, which adds which hits a quota for United. Like whenever you could sign a player that, that is native to the country and is quality at the same time, it eases you. So if let's say, for example, if you're restricted from like from an attack, let's say you need a midfielder and you, you can go and get a Brazilian midfielder because you already have your English quota that's required to you by the league. I mean, you always need that that, that core in your team. Uh, so I think Sancho is uh, is the better buy for United. What happened to Herving Lozano? What's his nickname? Chucky. Chucky. Boy, what yeah, happened yeah, to Chucky Lozano, was um, yeah. he was playing with PSV. Last I remember reading about him, um, and I follow somebody who's um, uh, intimate has intimate knowledge of Mexican football and all that stuff. He was playing a game with PSV, and it was thought that he tore his cruciate ligament, but he didn't. But he was ruled out of the season. This happened maybe March, April. So you haven't seen him since then because he was just out for the season because he had a knee injury. So he's still with PSV. I would have thought he would have moved after the World Cup, especially after the Germany game. But no, nah, he stayed in, in Holland. Yeah, no, like uh, he is a quality player. But the only issue is like uh, who really needs him right now? Mm. Like who, which team really needs him? Like the only teams I could see by a player of his caliber would most likely I'd see Arsenal. Like a, they'd be a good destination for him because they don't have any wingers. Um, I, I'd see uh, maybe Atletico Madrid, but they've already I think they filled up their squad. Because yeah. because like of the elite clubs, not a lot of elite clubs are really like buy these d- good wingers like Nicolas Pepe, you know, Herman Lezano. They're always in that like that middle bracket where they're not elite like Usman Dembele and Mbappe. If I could put him on one club, I'd like to see him with Wolves. If you can imagine him, I mean, I don't know what the knee injury is gonna do, but. The counterattacking that we saw with the Mexican national side, if he could pull that off mm. with uh, with Nuno, the way that they get down, yeah. You know, you know what that a knee injury could do. What, what a knee, you know what a knee injury could do, DT. Uh, you could end up going to Real Betis for thirty million because if you guys haven't heard, uh, Fakir, Fakir, yeah, 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 yeah. to Real Betis, like that's insane because he was he was going for seventy mil to Liverpool, right? More than half the price chopped off, and he's going to like a mid table side in in La Liga. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. He had that 2002 World Cup with Brazil, but how good was Fat Ronaldo really? How good of a striker was he really? He played with four of the biggest clubs in the world and only managed to win two La Ligas, one of which on the bench, and zero UCLs. Hashtag lazy, unprofessional bum. Hashtag killing scared cows. Wait, what's what's his prick's name? Uh, Football Bants 4. <laughs> There's four Football bounce four. Pre-knee injury, Ronaldo was the best player of all time. After the knee injury, which was supposed to be career-ending, he dropped um, top goal scorer in 2002 and led Brazil to 2002 World Cup victory. That's a loan for me 
supersedes whatever things of La Liga titles, Champions League titles, ever. For me, that is what you call top tier horseman status achievement. So screw you. How how do you square that he never won the Champions League? Based off him, based off the knee injury, and the fact that um, that's what he did in that in the two thousand two World Cup was. Don't such bring up the no 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 no. I'm 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 purely talking about club football because you always make the distinction between club football and international football, right? Mm-hmm. So you say yeah. Messi is the greatest club footballer of all time. 100%. But yeah. he, but he can't be the goat because he has basically a blank in international football. How come that doesn't work in the reverse with Ronaldo where he has the inter, international credits with two World Cups, great. But then when you look at his club career, there's not as many credentials on that side. My thing is that okay, so if we're linking it with with Messi, Messi, I believe, is still. We're not linking it with Messi. I'm just using Messi as an example. I could use any other footballer as an example, just just to give you your philosophy. And I'm not attacking you. I'm just curious your reasoning of like why you don't paint evenly in that sense. Basically, 100% is like him not winning a Champions League. It's a blip, and I think that nobody is perfect. And I and I've come out and said that if we're going to say the true greats, it's Maradona. So 100%. If you've not won a Champions League with um you've never won a Champions League. Yeah look man that is a blip on a career because that is still that is the zenith the zenith of club football but the way I square it is his impact for Inter Milan and Barcelona pre knee injury I think for me means that that Champions League doesn't take away from just what he did because his impact in that time for me as I said, was the greatest thing that was the greatest thing I've ever seen a footballer do was Ronaldo pre knee injury. So once you're that good and you affected the game in such a way as an individual, bro, I'm not going to hold you not winning a, a Champions League based on just how, based on your impact. That's just how great your impact was. No. Furthermore, 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 furthermore. So pre knee injury, the the teams he had were not that great. Inter Milan exactly. and Barcelona were not that great. Mm-hmm. After his knee injury, cool, he had the Galacticos. But that, but that was after his injury where he was nowhere near the same explosive player that he was pre-knee injury. Now, if he had put Ronaldo pre-knee injury in a Real Madrid or in a better Barcelona side or even in an AC Milan, bro, he'll give you that Champions League. So basically everything after the major knee injury, you consider extra credit. Oh, in, for sure. Including the World Cup. So like your whole Ronaldo with the GOAT is like pre-2001. Because my thing about this is like, Bro, his knee exploded. It is a disgusting picture, and I advise not to to, to visit. But I, I remember viewing it in World Soccer magazine. His knee literally ex, ex, ex exploded. So it's just it just broken half. So you don't come back from from that. And if if you 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 come back, you you are nowhere near the player. So how he was psychologically and mentally able to do what he did in Oto is godly. It's just, it's, it's it doesn't make any sense. So. And and just one quick thing, like to have a uh, point. Pre pre knee injury, Ronaldo wasn't play. He played for PSV, if I'm not mistaken. He mm-hmm. played for uh, Barcelona, which at the time they weren't a European powerhouse. This was post post Cruyff uh, dream team era. They were in a transition, and he was a youngster that was brought in. He didn't get the chance that he didn't come into like a stacked squad that was European elite. At he the was time. there for one season, yeah. and managed by Sir Bobby Robson, who yeah. barely spoke yeah. the language. So there, you, and people want to get, use that again. And when he went to Inter, 
Inter were never European giants. They won a, a Champions League way back when, when, the, when it first started. He led them to a Copernos Cup win over Lazio yep. in the final. Yep, which which but people just like if you want to use it just against him as that Champions League, you're forgetting that in three years of his prime, he was out. He wasn't. He came back from a knee injury and won the biggest trophy in football, his in the footballing world. Like you, you can't really use them. When he came to Madrid, it wasn't the same Ronaldo. He came to Madrid for marketing purposes solely. Because it, at that time, like when he, he, yes, he was, of course, he had a great stint at Madrid. He scored some goals. He had 20 plus goal seasons. He won La Liga. He did, he did do good at Madrid, but it wasn't the same R9 from his, his prime, which is a pre knee injury. In the 2002 World Cup, the fact that he came back from that to have a comeback like that, like that's GOAT status. That's greatness. That's not anybody can do that. Nobody, nobody has done that in football as it stands right now in, in, in the entire football history. Who else has came back from an injury and done something close to that? Question. And this is going longer than I thought it would, but I'm just thinking of arguments people might have. Um, so you're giving Ronaldo a pass for the injuries. How come Neymar doesn't get the same pass for the injuries? Good question. Good question. <laughs> wait, wait, so, so, wait, wait, pass in, in, in terms of what? I mean, you, you were really pissed off at Neymar for whatever reason because he keeps his foot that it's not like he has a bad liver because he's been drinking too much or he has some sexually transmitted disease because he's being loose in the streets or whatever the case may be. Like All of his injuries come from playing football and playing it in the style that he plays it in. A lot of quick movement, fast movement that messes with his feet. He gets hit by defenders, etc. And over time, I think all of those hits and being tackled and just accumulation of wear and tear on the body have led to his ankles and his feet being brittle. That's my assumption. I'm not a doctor, but that's what it looks like from here. So he gets these chronic foot injuries over and over, and he ends up missing the latter stage of the season because he might start out August, September, October, November being okay, but then January, December, I said that backwards, December, January, February, March hits, and eventually his, he gets injured out for the season. He can't play Champions League how come he, he doesn't get the same pass in terms of his body let him down or his body is letting him down? Is it the fact that, you know, his foot hasn't fallen off and there's no picture? So you can't relate it in the, in the same way? Like, how do you square that? It's very simple. I want <laughs> Mbappe to win the Champions League. And Neymar being injured stopped Mbappe from winning so the Champions League. So it's an agenda. It's not necessarily yeah, like... It is. It's an agenda. It's an agenda. No, I mean, as long as you're honest. So, okay. Um, all right, last question, last question, last question. This time of the year can be so frustrating. In your opinions, who are the best five sources online for transfer rumors from Dave Kitchen? Um, um football, Espana, Football Italia, both um Twitter quality Twitter accounts, and um, I mean, Demarzio is normally pretty good. Even if people don't don't like him and and, and think he's a brick, turn credit Palmieri sometimes. I think I might be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about nah, it. Really. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, Do you want do you, the the real answers are like nobody. Sky News, Sky <laughs> News, BBC, fucking ESPN, FC, just like the major news outlets that have to like actually. That their news alerts have to go through some sort of sourcing. Like we need two sources in order to release this story or whatever the case. I'm, some of these like in the know people, they don't know what they're talking about, or they might hear one thing that came from the brother of the agent of the sister of the player. Yeah, if if you followed every in the know account, every 
in the know reporter like you'd go crazy too much I BS. Think. too much bs that's the thing is like honestly when it comes to this part of the season everything is fake to me i don't believe anything unless it's it, like pen has put the paper because you come to these clubs like they always say like oh uh gareth bale rejoining don has for hotspur for a record fee that's not happening like that's not happening like, come on <laughs> and, and, and most of these organizations they're in the pockets of certain clubs like for example marca is a Madrid chill. Uh, Mundo Deportivo, they're, they're for Barca. Uh, like you have, uh, L'Equipe is always anti-PSG. They're for the other um, league on clubs. Like, so anytime they have a, a, anything on PSG, you know it's false. You see like, so all these, they all, they're all trying to make moves happen or just trying to like put pressure, put pressure on clubs. But none of it is ever, it's rarely ever factual. Like rarely is it like, unless like, the club puts out a statement or the player says something, then there's any truth to it. Like Pogba coming out and saying that he wants to move on. That adds validity to the transfer. He's the source, but everybody else was saying that before him. It's you don't know, like nobody knows. <laughs> I just think uh, a lot of these journalists and stuff they get played by agents and players and clubs and things like that. Like everybody's m- maneuvering in the transfer market to make sure that they don't come out as the bad guy or they get to go where they want or they make the most amount of money. And doing that, you kind of have to play the public. In order, you, you just kind of have to sway opinion. And the way you do that is you pick a reporter, you pick a paper, you pick a journalist, you do whatever you have to do, and you get your message out to as many people that will read it. And then you hope, especially in 2019, that social media will pick it up and it just blows out of proportion and you get the desired response. So that's why, you know, you just stick to the BBCs and the ESPNs. Even, even them, even some of those people are going to be wrong. But that's your best bet. Otherwise, like I say, you'll just you'll just go crazy. Yeah, there's no reliable source. Like <laughs> you're never gonna find that perfect source that's gonna give you all the information that you need. That's gonna be 100 accurate. It's it's the downside nope. of following a big club as well. True. So I I could imagine if you're Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester United, if you support one of those three, it's just mm-hmm. incessant. Probably it yeah. probably never stops because there's yeah. so much to be made and earned by attaching yourself to one of those clubs because they're the three biggest clubs in the world so mm. and like, like especially like for like madrid if i were to believe every source then i would have neymar and mbappe would have both came last season if i believed every source because everybody's saying oh neymar and mbappe double swoop whatever like why would it <laughs> double swoop. yeah like that's not happening like madrid <laughs> are not going to drop 500 million like, even like you can tell in, in the best way to even dictate you know if it's a fake like look at the prices that are thrown like it, it aside from here uh, like uh mcguire's move the 80 mil most likely, when you see like, oh, uh, Delict going to Barca for a record 100, that's not happening. Barca are not going to pay 100 million for a prospect son- center back, regardless <laughs> of how good he's doing. That's, they should have. The, the, should they have like they, because they still have Umtiti, they still have Longley, which is quality. They have Tudibo, which is still like they bought him last year, which he's supposed to be like the next thing. Um, so like, I don't know if like if I'm Barca, I don't really the, the defense is not really that 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 they need the better midfield. And they need to rejuvenate their attack because their attack is old. So yeah, thank we guys. We thank you guys for your questions. Um, the tweet for questions goes out every Monday sometime. So follow us on Twitter, and uh, you can ask your question. Reds, thank mm-hmm. you, man. This is like a emergency last call no, kind of thing. Money. You have to tell us your socials, man. No, no. Uh, you could just check me out on the Sunday Hangout at Hob Hope's channel every Sunday. Uh, also, Red One Two Hundred. That's my ad on Twitter. If you want to check me out, uh, I don't really tweet much, but yeah. 
And uh, thanks guys for having me. I really appreciate this. This was very fun. Oh, no, no, no. Thanks, thanks, no, thanks, no, 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 no. Like, thank you. Like, you, you didn't have to, but you did. So, shout out to Red on the line from. I'm not even gonna shout out where you're from. That'd be that'd be trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out his city, his country, his block. Do you, do you got anybody you want to say hi to? Like your mom or I don't know. Oh, I'll, I'll say hi, mom. Hi, mom. Maybe she'll listen. She'll listen to this later. <laughs> no, not, no, no. You know what we need to do is like, do you have any shout outs? You want to shout anybody out? Now, nah, man, no one what he comes to mind. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Not yeah, because I it's mostly a, 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 under anonymity. Like the place that I'm from, football is not a big sport, so I'm like a bit mm. of a loner when it comes to that. So like my football community is mostly online, which most of these guys mm. already listen to the podcast already. So you guys already right. know who they are. You can follow Red. His his link will be in the description. Half hope. Where can people find you? Find me at Half Hope Hots and Half Hope Football Hot Football Channel. I'm at Daniel to look. You can follow Talking Tactics on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Facebook Talking Tactics three five two, Instagram Talking Tactics. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, remember to subscribe. It's free. Um, leave us a five-star review, five review, and we will read it on the show next week. And if you're a Patreon backer, remember you will get your 30 to 40 minutes of Talking Tactics Extra whenever you feel like looking it up. Talking Tactics Podcast, sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace, peace. Nice what, what is this extra going to be about? Do we know? I think it's going to be about you, man. <laughs> what about me man what do you want to know ask me anything ama bro what do you want to know no yeah basically how did your parents meet man how did my parents meet all right my father is from uganda eastern uganda so close to kenya mm-hmm. he went around the world doing education so i think he went to like hong kong philippines some other place that i can't think of right now um and in, as a part of his study, after I think this is sometime in like the late 80s, he went to Canada on like a work study program or whatever. Um, and he went to Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is in eastern Canada, um, to a place called Dalhousie University. Wait, why did he go to Canada? Educational purposes. My dad's like, you know, those African people that are just like education, 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 yeah. education. Like, you know, he went there, like, both of my parents have master's degrees, right? And in the 80s, 90s, like, when it actually meant something. (laughs) Now people have master's degrees and they're homeless. But back then, it actually meant something. So, Sports Social Podcast Network.